Hello. Welcome to the new podcast series, King of the Middle, with Michael Joel Green and Chris Moore. Here's Michael Green. Hi, in this episode, we're going to be talking about making it, specifically the question of excellence versus making it. What does it mean to make it? How do we know if we've made it? How do we keep making it once we get there? All these questions, but they're the ones that we think about, especially as we pursue non-linear careers that there's really no formula for. We'll be asking the question is, where does God fit in all this idea of making it? Does God help us make it? Does God cause us to make it? What does God say about us making it? When have we been compelled to do something, to seek something? How do we know if we are? These questions, these are the questions that we ask, especially as an artist, um, I was a musician, an actor, now I'm a writer, who's been trying this for a long time. Chris has been editor, writer, artist for 25 years as well. Uh, we ask these questions. Um, and I think a lot of it does come down to making it. So let's dive into that. Chris. Hmm. Yeah, so thanks, Mike. Um, what I want to do is, you've mentioned in the past two episodes uh, this quote from Augustine about love God and then do what you want to do. What I want to do is I want to read a little bit more of that quote because I did a little digging about Augustine. Because there is, if we don't clarify what that means, there are some folks who might say, wait a minute, I can just, <laughs> it's a cheap grace thing. I can say, I can say, just let God do whatever I want to do. But it's there's more to it than that, obviously. So what, what Augustine said was, it, it came from his seventh homily on John uh, chapter four. And he said, once for all, then a short precept is given to thee, love and do what thou wilt, whether thou hold thy peace through love, hold thy peace, whether thou cry out through love, cry out whether thou correct through love correct and he goes on with a few more examples but a number of uh theologians that i looked up had mentioned but keep in mind that he was also talking in john about re reminding reminding the audience that's reading that quote and hearing this because it's often repeated about just love god and do what you want to do in the book of john it clearly says the the lord said if you love me you'll keep my commandments whoever has my commandments and keeps them he it is who loves me. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. So it's just interesting to be reminded that we do have to follow God's commandments. And we also have to say, which is the root of why you and I are doing this podcast is, Father, if we're on a wrong path in what we're doing, correct us. Because we're going to do what we think is right at, or what we think you're calling us to do. But we also know that you don't always speak with a bullhorn in our ear before we do it. Sometimes we have to do things and then we we find out that we're this isn't what you want. So, or we find out that what we're gonna get into in this episode, making it versus excellence and the journey. Uh, you may find out that you've made it, but you've made it at a great cost. And that's what we're hoping to, we're all hoping to avoid uh, as believers, keeping our foot. So, so the first part of this, the first part of our discussion, I think um, I'd like to hear a story from you, Michael, about something you witnessed, someone who made it, uh, or or a situation where you've seen somebody making it. And by making it, I don't I don't just mean oh I'm doing this and I've kind of got a career, but it's like I have a career in 
or or a group of collective of individuals have made it together and they're actually successfully doing it, making a good living, and they're actually renowned for what they're doing. So we're talking about the worldly sense of definitely what making it is. So do you have a story to share about that? You know, I think that, um, I mean, one story that has always struck me or stuck out with me is uh, one of my best friends was in a band for years and they toured the country uh, for about seven or eight years, and I would go and fly to you know Chicago or San Diego, drive to San Diego, and help them sell merchandise during kind of the shows. But they played L.A. one time, and and I and I went, and and they they at that time um, they they had gained some notoriety, um, and were becoming, you know. It, then again, we go back to this question of what is making it. How far do you have to go to have made it? But we'll get back to that. But they had they had gained a following, and uh, they were also playing with two other bands that were actually, I mean, pretty well known. And man, I just I remember being at that show, and one of the one of the other bands, like I knew the singer was um, sort of sort of hard uh, hard to deal with, and had her. I had heard some things, you know, kind of uh, that make you question, you know, what's this guy really like? Would you want to hang out with this guy? Would you actually want to be this guy's friend? And they were playing and the crowd was, you know, doing what crowds do. And I remember thinking to myself, and at the time I was, I was, I was failed. You know, I, I had not achieved that. I was not playing in front of 2000 people. And, but I remember thinking to myself as I watched kind of the crowd for lack of a better term worship the guy up there God I don't think God wants fame for his children now this is weird for me because confession I always wanted fame uh, I mean I I was I was a Christian and I was following God but we do have that fleshly side and that uh in that spirit side and i always wanted fame uh i can't deny that as the years go by <laughs> that desire lessens especially as you see what it does to someone so i remember that moment kind of very uh an epiphany thinking that's why so few of the christians i know pursuing music acting directing writing have not made it at least what the definition we would think of has made it because i think god knows it is not healthy for someone to be on a stage being worshipped um and i remember I, I i sort of gave a little prayer of thanksgiving at that moment god, god thank you that i i have not reached that i didn't reach that because i know myself and i know how haughty i would have i would have become uh, and you can turn this, I mean, I think we, I think we can turn this, tweak this a little bit and say, we don't, I don't think God wants uh, a rock singer to be worshipped from the sage, but that, I think some preachers could also take that lesson. You know, I'm not sure God wants preachers to be on a stage being worshipped by congregate members. And I think we've seen too many, too many preachers fall. We could probably give examples of, of people that have actually, you know, made it to where you know someone listening to this would know that person but 
yeah. for me that was that was a very important moment of my life right there where i was able to give thanks that i had not made it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i can share that i was at i attended at one event with this said said group and i remember something that struck me was we you and i talked about it at the night after it happened was women throwing themselves at these guys knowing that some of the, these guys were married and i remember and you we both commented on it and you really commented on it that wow it's the temptation that comes and it doesn't matter you're not protected necessarily because you're a christian you're not um maybe there's some level of protection where people and your audience has more grounding but that's not a, that isn't a, something to rely on and i thought wow that's that had a big impact on me that moment too seeing what success looked like and saying wow um th- there's a lot of temptation here just like the worldly version that the, the secular version so making it and making it possibly even if you're if you're believers if that's part of your your art is reaching out to that audience it doesn't necessarily save you or protect you because you've got god on your yeah. side you you and matter of fact the enemy attacks you probably harder because of it matter of fact i i know he does yeah so yeah it's a great story um and you i you have another story that you told me that i think we'll probably if you'll share later on because uh, i think that's that's a powerful story too uh i wanted to touch on just what do you envision when you think of the term making it uh expound that question to say when you first started um i i tell you you can either start when you come to la or you can start as a as a kid i know you were always doing music and stuff and but in your mind back then um Mm. 20 22 23 year old chris like what what did making it look like to you hmm hmm it's interesting because there is this ambiguous sense at the time, even coming to Los Angeles 22 years ago, what making it look like. I didn't want to think too much about making it while I was getting settled. And over the years, there's a sense of almost like an attempt at being humble to say, I don't know what making it looks like and I don't want to think about it. But in truth, there are two things that are bad about not thinking about it. One, you are thinking about it and you're probably delivering dreams about winning Grammys and Emmys and Oscars while you're in the trenches. And that starts to fuel a lot of your your dreams because you are you start to get to be around people uh, who, based on your career path like mine, I got to be around people who won those kind of things. So you start to have a bigger dream of like what could happen. But if you're not dealing with it in your humble beginnings it leads to an issue it can lead to issues which we just talked about with the temptation in the story you just told um but i think not only did i try not to deal with it because i wanted to be humble which led to having to let go of dreams that were be beyond grandiose and not what god wanted later in life but also i didn't think how do i become a, a success and actually work towards it in a more logical and a more thoughtful prayerful more direct way i've been derailed a lot in my career over the years which we talked about in the last couple of episodes in some of our backstory that yeah i had i've had i've brushed up with some people who've really succeeded but i did not focus like i needed to and it left me kind of 
hanging and wasting a lot of years. But I think if you asked me when I was younger, what would making it be? It just, I think I would have said, well, I, I want to be known in my field, but not famous to the world. I want to be known in my field. So I'm coming from an editing, maybe sound design and really editing, picture editing place. I want to be known for being really good and somebody who kicks butt and works hard. Uh, and I wouldn't mind having some awards maybe, but I'd say I don't care about the awards, but I do want to be really know, well-known and respected. Um, and And I think, of course, not having to worry financially about hustling to survive or as an artist i'd like to be able to get paid enough that i can be comfortable and have a decent home doesn't have to be a big home but i think that would be success but what i've realized over the years the last eight years in particular seven eight years what i found is i wasn't putting my identity in christ and god in my in in my success or failure i wasn't putting that first and when I started having to deal with letting go of things, letting go of these old dreams. And I started having more fear about what does the future hold? And it just, I let go of this stuff and I didn't fantasize about where I might be going. And I dealt with the reality of where I was. Um, I started realizing, oh, I've been putting my identity in this dream of success in the future, chasing it. And I've, if I have a peaceful night of sleep, it's because I thought someday I'm going to be all right and I'm going to make it. And suddenly it was like, that's not true anymore. And I started having massive sleeping issues. Turns out I have some genetic, there's stuff in, in one of the sides of the family where there's a lot of sleeping disorder trouble. And that hit me like a, like a ton of bricks a few years ago. And I realized, well, before when I didn't have those issues, I was more trusting in the future and success worldly version of it and not trusting lord what do you want and what does it look like to be in the trenches to completely rely on you and it's been a major battle to get back to sanity uh many years of being on a journey now of recovering from that realization that making it in the dream was a false one and as much as i said oh my identity is not in my job it's in god yeah it was but i was still putting a lot of my identity in success a dream of success so i think if that answers your question, it's a, it's not so much clear cut like I thought I was going to achieve this and that, but it, it was a dream to be chased that was attainable, but the dream was wrong. Did you ever have so. the high school ten year reunion daydream where you've made it, <laughs> and you and oh, you no. and you arrive like for me it was like you arrive in a, in a private memo. helicopter, you know. Yeah. And I realized, like, oh, my gosh, Michael, like, he's, like, famous actor now, you know. <laughs> no, I, I would have yeah. that, like, yeah. back when I was in college, when I was a wreck, you know. Yeah. So, that was that's born. <laughs> but, see, that's, a good, that's born out of mm -hmm. bitterness, jealousy, mm -hmm. uh, insecurity, by the way, a lot of insecurity. But back then, it was, yeah. you want to, like, show off when you go back for your high school reunion. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go back to yes. the... You mentioned the Augustine quote, and it's 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 hard for me not to because that I came, I mean, I came to faith, really came to faith when I was twenty, you know, twenty four, uh, and someone told me that quote, and it was this just period of my life where I now mean, I was just like my heart was exploding with joy and I also had I mean I had these great dreams I wanted to do I wanted to move to Seattle to play in a rock band uh, so what if it was impossible odds 
mm-hmm. God is I'm when you believe in a God that is providential and sovereign um, in control and you're a 24 year old kid man uh, hey that's a, it's that's a great combination but I I heard that quote and it it exploded in me uh, paraphrased you know yes uh, but love God and do what you want to do because God's going to take care of you and as long and and you mentioned the idea of obeying God's commandments absolutely uh, but what when this isn't a matter of sin it's a matter of well I'm not really playing it safe you know by by the by the standard that it happens you get out of college you know you work your way you know step by step um why can't i move across the country and try to sing songs on a stage god's not convicting me that that's wrong and matter of fact god i think like he wants to bless that you know again bless it with what and there there that's the whole question bless it with what man so you know, when I got to Seattle, just I mean, mid-20s, to me, it was this perfect, God is going to, you know, I'm going to have a ministry, but my band's going to get signed, we're going to be huge, you know. <laughs> and that was it, man. And and, and there and there was the fame, the desire for fame was definitely uh, uh, sprinkled in there. And I, mean, yeah. it, I remember one time, I played in a few bands while I was living there, and I was in, in a band where we were kind of playing more acoustic stuff that I had written. Uh, definitely wasn't hard like another band I had been in, but we we played at this uh, church festival that my uh, my buddy, the guitar player, had set up, and we got on and we played you know my our songs, and they were they were great, and we had a great time. And then the, the the headlining band that my buddy had actually booked, because he put this show together, they, they'd actually had a radio <laughs> hit. And they were, they were Christians, and they were good looking, and they had the look, you know? And uh, my band, I mean, we, we, didn't, we didn't have the dress, you know, for sure, the, the wardrobe. And man, this band, they got on stage, and they were so cool. And they played their hit song, and the singer likes even like quoting a Bible verse during the show. And I just remember, like, <laughs> I was torn in two. And <laughs> I was on one hand going, Michael, this band is preaching the gospel while they're also making great music. And the other part of me was like going, steaming inside, steam, you know. <laughs> and so um, I left there, and I went home, and, and I and I ended up writing a song that night about this jealousy that i felt uh like a dragon with two heads at war you know jealousy and love struggled at the core and um because i didn't know how to deal with that man i'm jealous mixed with the knowledge of man there's these guys guys and preaching the gospel in seattle where the (laughs) it's not a very churched region of the country uh so i didn't know what to do with that about that and you know, a lot of but a lot of it goes back to what do you consider making it? Uh, so over the years, you know, you're especially when you haven't reached those lofty goals. It's like, oh my gosh, God, if if I could if I could somehow just be able to have a family and support them through my creativity, uh, the idea of fame 
sort of becomes disgusting in a way. Uh, really quickly, I, forgive me for talking so much. Uh, I, man, I, I, was, I went for a bike ride with a buddy about two weeks ago. And this guy, uh, he's an actor. He's our age. Uh, and I've known him for 20, 20 years. Um, yeah. And this guy had a pretty traumatic childhood. But it didn't stop him. And he moved to L.A. And uh, he's been an actor. And he's written and starred in you know several short films that he's written and produced himself. Uh, he just wrapped an episode of... Um, pretty huge tv show two episodes actually so we were we were, did a bike ride and then we we're just talking afterwards and he he said like i would love my goal is to give a ted talk one day uh, <laughs> once i've made it he said uh i knew it'd be about kind of rising from that traumatic childhood so and as we were talking i realized man if he were to give a ted talk right now Everyone in that room listening to him would think this guy has made it. I mean, he, the Lord brought him through that tragedy as a child. He's been on TV, you know, TV shows. He's written as he's in LA, man. He's an actor uh, and he's a mm -hmm. great actor. Yeah. Uh, everyone yeah. there would, would say this guy's, this guy's made it. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but to him and to me, you know, because I still say, I never made it, or I haven't made it yet. Uh, we're the only ones that would think, this guy hasn't made it, why is he talking to me? Everyone there would be, man, this guy, this guy moved to LA and made it. So, really, really kind of stuff to think about for me. It's uh, mm -hmm. what actually constitutes making it yeah. for, for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I want to I want to add a story. I, I didn't know if I was going to tell this, but based on the story you just told, I'll just say this: the last couple of years when I was working in editorial before I left, the actual year, a few months before I left, I was working on a show, and it was a pilot. And for pilots, they bring in big guns. They usually bring in movie director guys to, you know, you want to get the best possible first episode to build a legacy series on. And I was working for about a month and a half, and the editor who I knew brought me on as an assistant, and I, and we're just working crazy insane hours. We're working 60, 70, 80 hours by the end. We're all living together in this place, in this building, this little loft or whatever the heck it was, whatever they call the thing, bungalow, bungalows. So I'm there, and I'm working, and we get pretty close. We start to get pretty close to these guys that we're working with. And the director of this thing is a director who had made a comedy that was one of the biggest comedies of all time. It made a half a billion dollars in the US. It was like a record-breaking film. We I, we really liked working. The editor and myself really liked working with this guy. He's And the people that he was with, they were really great, fun people to be around. So towards the end, I had told them, this is about my last job. I'm, I'm going back to school. <laughs> so... As we're a few, couple weeks away and we're winding down, the last week we're winding down and things are getting less stressful, uh, his this director's producing partner said, Chris, what can we do to like get you to reconsider not going back to school? <laughs> and I just looked at him, I said, well, I mean, would you take me, I knew they were prepping for another movie, and I said, would you take me on your film? And he said, hmm, we could look into arranging that. And I said, you don't have to, I, I've got to go back to school, but thanks for asking. Then the next week when we wrapped, that director came in to say one last thing to the editor 
and he and he walked out and I was like, oh man, I'd like to say goodbye to him, but we're so busy. He turned around in the hallway and he came back into the room and he said to me, he goes, Chris, I just want to say, you're really good at what you do. And thank you for what you've done. You're, you really know what you're doing. And the way he said it was like, I know that he's, he's seen what I've seen in the business. The kind of guy he is. There are a lot of people in the business who don't, who don't kick their butt as hard as they could and aren't as educated there are a lot of people most people do and most people are great but i really appreciated that and here's this guy who's this big time director who's and i'm here and i'm working on this thing doing this is in the career vein that i went into editorial now i did originally think i was going to keep pushing to become an editor on tv and film for the the, the studio system but i'm still here on that path up and i'm working around these people and i consider myself a total failure as far as maybe i can do this job well but my career is a total failure and i have this guy direct big time director coming and telling me and there's no question i mean there's a question but i think if i had said you know what i won't go back to school let me come work for you they probably would have really seriously considered it but that's not the point it, that point is i thought i i considered myself a failure yeah. and it's ridiculous that the way we gauge things is that I realized as I was thinking today about this before we talked uh, is you are always chasing the dream. You are always chasing the success that you want to have that you never have. And that is something I have heard repeated over and over again from successful people who were never satisfied with what they had. You can read books, you can read biographies, autobiographies about it. That is a thing that a lot of people are never satisfied in, in success because they always feel they're a failure or they're only as good as their last success and now they're a failure they reset and that is not how god looks at us and and for us to be trapped in that way of thought to be trapped in that is a terrible terrible miscalculation um and but it's crazy because before you know it it creeps up on you and you get to a place where you're like wow i'm doing kind of well i'm a failure <laughs> so yeah your story about this guy that that you know who wants to do the TED talk, I, I get it. Like, when are you, the question I would have for him is, when are you gonna be successful enough to do the TED talk? What is your definition, as you asked me in the beginning, what's the definition of success? And we know the definition is your identity in God and trusting him, that's the success of your life. Not, it's not about any of this stuff. Um, but man, it's hard to let go. <laughs> it is, it's hard to let go and it's hard. I remember when I moved when I moved to LA and was and was acting by all definitions I was acting. I mean I was taking classes, I was going out on auditions or but I couldn't tell people I'm an actor. Uh because I had not made it. I wasn't working. I wasn't making money as an actor. And I would always say something like I'm trying to be an actor or I'm pursuing acting. And I don't know, maybe on some level that's true. I mean, it's that's fine, but everyone here is trying to be an actor. But the bigger question was you know, when when are you actually going to say I'm an actor? Is it do you have to have a you know, a, this big of a role and this big of a movie first or you know these many you know national commercials first uh and it's a no win it's a no win situation there uh so you're talking about identity yeah on a you know one that we can parallel that with say you're an actor but take that 
to our identity in in Christ, and you say, "That is my identity." Uh, and it's weird. We we all. I'm trying to be an actor, but how come I don't tell people, "Well, I'm a." I'm trying to be a Christian, or you know, I just say, "Hey, I'm a Christian." So that, that's weird. I've never thought about that before, but I know. I'm, I mean, I I'm a Christian. You know, it's a like God has accepted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I guess that tells you where yeah. your true identity is. Yeah, yeah. So I think then our episode title here is excellence. So some of my last story kind of taps into that, which is I may have thought I was a failure in my career. And a lot of us on this journey as artists may think, man, we're just not making it. We're, we're, we feel this passion, but we're not, we're not a success, but there is something to be said on that journey, regardless of whether we feel that we're succeeding. And, and I understand that there's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to also acknowledge that there's a drive that we have which is going to be in conflict with our identity and and the father that we're good no matter what but then there's this part of us that is in battle with i want to succeed in an earthly way and i don't mean in a worldly way i mean in the earth why we're here as believers we want to achieve things because otherwise you just sit around do whatever the easiest job you could to have the simplest life and then die and then you're in heaven and a lot of artists don't feel that i don't i don't i i know that my life is in heaven where i'm going but i don't want to sit here for 70 years 50 years 80 years whatever it is and and just sit by and just do okay i want to thrive for god so and he may say but i don't want you to chris not not in the artistic way that you think (laughs) and but the but the thing is we're driven so we're in this battle between identity but also wanting some kind of success and then hoping that we can hand it to the lord and say i'm giving it to you but i do want to be used by you to do great things even if and i want to be able to push myself into the background in the shadows but i want to be able to be do things and be involved in great things for you the real essence here of what i'm getting at is there is a call, I believe, as a as a believer to be excellent at what you do. So if I'm trying to do art because I want to convey to the world I really love and believe in God and I and I believe that he's made this he's given us the code how to hack this world. He's told us exactly how human beings work and how this world works and if you follow him, he's given you all the instructions, but he's given you such complex truths that it's your life is not going to be boring. Your the the yoke is light instead of a heavy burden. But you have there's so much information and so many things to debate and so much amazing stuff that he's given us wisdom and knowledge. But the excellence that's something that I realized, which came in that story of being in that room with the director coming back to me, which is even though I thought I was a failure, I wanted to be really good at what I did because I wanted to honor and respect the people I was working for, and even in the things that you and I have done, Michael, when we have not had success or we thought i have no idea how this project's going to turn out or whether we're going to be any good i still and you and we wanted to be really good at what we were doing because we want to be excellent and in a sense there's a success and there's a sense of pride in that even if we never make a penny and we stay in obscurity if we can be excellent and strive for that in what we're doing uh that is a form of success and i think again the lord will honor that even if the honoring and how we are as artists doesn't happen until we go into until we go into the next world the next life i've I've been thinking in recent years i really want to get better at what i do so that when i go off into heaven i'm going to be able to be that much more prepared 
to work because I'm already doing it now. I'm not waiting around saying, you know what? I can't do this and that and the other thing because I don't have the talents. I don't have the time. I'll just wait till I'm in heaven and then I can learn it. Well, I have a hundred things I want to learn in heaven that I'd like to learn to do. But right now I do have to work at things because I can be used here if I'm, re- if I'm excellent, even if it, I don't make a living, <clears throat> but two, um, I'm honoring the Lord because I'm not half, half hearting it. And I think that's where we're getting at with this excellence versus making it. Excellence really matters in your journey, even if you consider yourself a failure, even if you've nobody even likes your stuff. If you're trying, if you're working to be excellent, people will know and they'll be inspired by you. Even if they don't like your art, they will be inspired by you because they see how hard you're working. Um, And I and something we'll get to in a future episode. Part of that excellence is being teachable which has been hard for me. And I, I think we'll expound on that in another at another time about being more teachable is part of becoming excellent uh, with humility. Uh, and I did touch on that in the first episode that you've got to accept failure and say, I can be better than that. Yeah. Um, so, but what are your thoughts? The idea of excellence, I mean, definitely with the quality of your, of what you're actually doing. But I also look at sort of the, what what is the what is the how are you conducting yourself as you're doing that and so what i was thinking about was chris and i and another friend of ours we we started in a, a company that we were writing and producing our own audio dramas and we would write the script uh cast the actors direct the actors do all the sound do all the uh the uh, music uh engineering and when we did our first our first production one, we had great actors, but we made it a written goal of ours that we wanted everyone that came into the studio to audition as well as that we actually cast. We wanted them to leave that studio feeling better about their career than they did when they got there. And a lot of that was knowing firsthand what what the pursuit here does to you it grinds you up mm-hmm. it, it it flattens your your confidence uh so we did we wanted everyone there to leave encouraged by their by their about their career but also to have an amazing a great time and so and and we did that and i i always that was probably as important to me being excellent as far as how we treated everyone there as the that product itself so i think that's that Mm. comes that's probably what i was thinking of there Mm. that's a good point and you really pushed for that because you had had the acting skill you had spent the time in the trenches and you knew and as you talked a bit about the prior story um and your of your experiences and that's a real testament and we definitely in everything that we're doing especially as independent artists we want to respect the people that we're working with and make them feel lifted up because um you the world crushes you down and and artists it's a dog eat dog world and a lot of it it's who's better than the other and i want to do everything on my own it's all about me and i know that you and i are really trying to to work with a community of people and care about the people that we work with and that's the part of the excellence we're hoping we're trying to be excellent uh that 
that matters. That's what God cares about. He doesn't care whether an audio drama that we did has any success. What he cares about is how do we interact with people and what is our what is our what's our witness yeah. to use yeah. that classic Christianese word witness. What's the witness to people who are an, who may or may not be believers? And that's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not. And, it's not the success of. Yeah, I think, and then I think it also then comes down to, I mean, as far as the quality and what you're actually putting out there is that is that honoring God, and and what I love, and this is, I wrote a I wrote a, a short novella two or three years ago, and we recorded it as an audio book, and we got a friend of mine who is an actor to come and do the voiceover. And it was sort of a dark thriller thing. So I, I had included some some salty language in there. Um, <laughs> and as we were doing it, a couple of the words came out. Um, and you all called me on it. Basically saying, should we, should we have that word in there? And we took them out. And I loved that you all could call me on that. Because even though I had, I could justify it saying... Well, it's a it's a dark thriller or whatever. Uh, that's no. If you don't, if if some if one person's going to say that's an, that's not honoring to God, then then I'll then I'll cut that. Uh, so I, I look at it like excellence as far as the, the treatment of those you're working mm-hmm. with, the production, uh, the 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 brothers and sisters you have around you. Actually, to have the license to be able to say I don't, you're off there. Um, so yeah, man, I just all these things go into it, and I know that you have, you have turned down roles that could have jump started uh, editing for you based on content that you didn't approve of, right? Yeah, I've had it. There've been a couple things that have come up that where it, yeah, or just being in an environment. My last job, I mentioned, I worked for Ryan Murphy's company, and in the first episode and there are great opportunities there because that's a company that moves people up if they like you and by staying employed by them it means they like you because it's too intense you'd never stay no one could stick around there that everybody didn't get along well but once you get in there they'll start they'll push you up and make opportunities and that's you can't ask for being in a better situation than a production company like that from a worldly point of view um but and there have been some other things in times where i had opportunities that could have moved me up and moved me up into very good positions after a lot of years. Um, but, but yeah, it's, I knew that that wasn't what God wanted. And it was, there's a part of the excellence as a Christian, I suppose, is doing what, when God says, I don't want you to do this. I want you to do something else, or I want you to turn from this or a, a dark, taking a dark turn that part of the excellence in your career is actually saying no and even wrapping up some of your career, ramping it down, uh, which is sounds counterintuitive. Excellence means not doing something or turning part of my career off, but that actually in your walk as a believer is a different kind of excellence that trumps the excellence in your job. And But I'm not recommending that you quit something in the middle because that was always an issue too, where I would sometimes find myself on something I didn't realize because there's no way to know then you get into it and you're like, ooh, I really, this is something I should not be on. I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stay on it. And then once the season's over, you're off for many months. You don't have to commit to come back on that. At least that's the way the big, you know, the big budget TV shows work. You can leave. But as far as excellence, I think, um, yeah, you know, we're, we're dealing with that. 
And I would just toss in, you know, I, I know somebody, I went to school with somebody who became super famous and it is a heavy weight to be successful. And it's not that I've had any kind of extensive conversations with this person because I haven't been around them since they became really famous. But I know when this person became famous that there were a lot of people who who knew him before he was famous, came out of the woodworks, like, can you do this for me? Can you do that? And that's there's a lot of weight on that and pressure that comes. And I'm talking about as and, and as Christians. Um, and then if you say anything in public, it's all over the place. If there's a controversy and you're tied into it, you're on the front pages of tabloid e, you know, e-magazines. If you use a four-letter word to describe a president because you're really frustrated like a lot of people are, you're on the front pages. And now as a Christian, you have people saying, looking at things they see in the media and going, is this guy really a saved? And the other side's going, no, you know, preach it or I'm, I'm, you can do whatever because I'm glad that whatever you're doing, you're a Christian in the industry. And you just can't even from believers, it's like when you become big, it's a lot of weight and it's something that you should not be questing and lusting after. And I'll say that I read this book recently during the, you know, during the lockdown, uh, Justine Bateman, Jason Bateman's sister from Family Ties. She wrote a really interesting book about fame and making it. And it's, I think it's just called Fame. It's a really good book loaded with F-bombs. So be warned if you want to look it up, you can get it at your library too. <laughs> But it's but what she says is I beg you not to make it. You can be a success in what you do quietly and and be out of the public limelight. You can be the greatest firefighter ever. You can be in an industry and an artist, but I she goes, I beg you, don't become famous. If that's what you think making it is, it's terrible. And she went through a lot of really tough stuff. And now she's working in the industry, but she's not on the tabloids because she's behind the scenes and she just says, That's what I love. This is I love being in that different position. Um, and I think that was great advice. I just looked at it. I was like, this is a very Christian view coming from somebody who's lived a really hard life, who's who's not necessarily a Christian or, or you know, Judeo-Christian values. But yeah, I thought that was a great, great advice to to be aware of. <laughs> yeah, I think I think <laughs> so. I know who the person you're talking about as far as uh mm. and if it is, I you didn't you like you ran into him somewhere once recently or something at a store some years after the fame set in i ran, ran in a 99 yeah. cent store <laughs> of all things i was like this guy this yeah. person is way too well known now to be in a 99 cent store but i did he definitely was not as open to communication even though we had been to school together and i just felt like i'm giving the guy a lot of grace as a little bit like i wish we could have walked outside the store and had a conversation for a little bit but i was like this guy is hit up all the time and he's probably like oh yeah Chris knows me. Is he going to ask me about something? And the fact of the matter is, I do have things I would love to do with him, but I'm not going to ask him because I know what he's been through. I know he's this guy's made it, and I'm not going to do that. If anything ever happens, it'll be God bringing us together, but I'm not going to approach him and do it in this un- inappropriate way for the business. So, um, yeah, but but I, I don't wish it on anybody. And it's like you talked about at the beginning of this episode with guys you knew who were having some pretty decent level of success. I think those guys even had a hip clip of the week on MTV, the the band you're talking about, which was a big thing back in the 90s. They actually were the band that was getting played for the week on MTV. So they hit they hit some a decent level, but yet you wouldn't wish what they were dealing with and their struggles on anyone. And that's not a making it that you necessarily want. Um 
and it's hard to maintain it when you have it. And I pray for the people that I know who are successful. I try to remember them when I can and just say, Father, I pray the person comes across a tab, not a tabloid, but they're in the E-list entertainment. They're on your newsfeed. And I just say, Father, I just pray that person's all right. Because I, you know, I I don't know what they're going through. And I just pray. So, yeah, Um, I'll I'll end my comments for this episode with this. There's a great new documentary about the Go-Go's that premiered on Showtime. And the the lead guitarist jane weedland who's who's pretty pretty awesome she's always been very outspoken and very honest about her feelings over the years i've seen in interviews at the end of this documentary she says this quote that i yeah and i she said a quote and i went yeah i fist pumped at the screen because it she went right to what we said what we started talking about in the first episode of this of this podcast series which is she said let me see she said the person that i am today would not exist without all the failure that i went through all the success that i ever had never taught me one damn thing and i was like yeah that's what i'm talking about it's the failure and the lack of success that causes humility and learning where where we can become better at what we do and 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 this is coming from somebody who's you know who's not a believer <laughs> and i just i love that quote i was like this is what I, my reality that i've realized and it comes with age i think and she's a little they're a little bit older than you and me uh the, those bandmates they might they might be i don't know how many years but they're a little older than us but i get it like oh you're older now and you're seeing the truth and it's like i'm coming into that place now too so what do you have any wrap-up comments uh. <laughs> My heart goes out to Jane Weed. Oh, I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I don't, to me. It's I think about we. You can hear warnings and admonitions to about the destructive nature of success or fame or money, uh, but we still are always going to be that person that says, "I'm the one who can handle it." You know, I'm the one that can actually have it and not be soured, if you will. Um, yeah, and you mentioned age. I mean, it is it is true. You get you get older. You uh, you gain you gain you gain something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but um, not everybody you does. Gain I something, suppose. but uh, <laughs> but what what are you gonna tell uh, me as my twenty four year old, you know, twenty five year old self that that actually registers. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, because because I'm I, I I was still going to do exactly what I did, and I and I love it. I mean, I, I, I absolutely I would like I wouldn't trade any of those experiences. But I guess I guess I would just preach nonstop your identity. Your identity is in the Lord. It is not as a performer, a business person. It's not as you know, it's not it's not in anything you do, or it's not in even any earthly relationship you have. Your identity is in the Lord. You are fully loved and adopted by the Lord. Um, so strive for excellence in what you do, and maybe maybe the Lord will 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 shine on that and bless you. But always. That is your your identity is in Christ, um, and you can't. 
like once you get your head around that, once you get your, then, mm. you know, uh, God is going to be there for me and God is going to take care of me. And I know that I can do what I want if I'm loving God and that I can do no wrong. And that's, yeah. and that's a rich comfort right there. Exactly. Can do no wrong. And it's powerful because if I'm obeying and listening to him, I won't. It's hard to not do wrong, though. <laughs> even when <laughs> just being married, <laughs> both of us, we know, know that. But I think that's great. I think that's a great way to end. So I, I want to thank everybody for listening again. Uh, it's been great. And please feel free to comment. If you're watching this uh, on YouTube or Facebook, please leave comments and we will, as episodes continue, we'll try to comment on the comments. So Michael, thank, thank you. you. And we'll see everybody next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to King of the Middle with Michael Joel Green and Chris Moore. Check us out on YouTube or Facebook if you'd like to see the vidcast version of this podcast. 